Welcome to episode 234 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Fast, Feast, Repeat, a comprehensive guide to delay, don't deny, intermittent fasting. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends, I'm about to tell you how to get my favorite electrolytes for free, plus special announcement... Element's new chocolate medley is here. So when you think electrolytes, you might think summer and hot times and needing to stay hydrated. But did you know that hydration is actually super important in cold weather as well? There's an idea out there that cold weather reduces our hydration needs. That's not true. So in the cold, two main things can actually increase our metabolic rate. You may be working harder, tramping through the snow... And you can be wearing cumbersome winter clothing that can actually raise your energy needs by 10 to 20%. And as your metabolic rate raises, your sweat rate raises. And you need to replace those fluids with electrolytes. You also lose more water when it's cold through your breath. That's because cold temperatures contain significantly less water than hot temperatures, aka it's drier outside. When you breathe in that cold, dry air, your respiratory system actually acts like a humidifier so that your body can be warm and humid like it likes to be. Of course, that drains your hydration reserves as well. One study actually found that respiratory water loss after a full day of activity nearly doubled at freezing temperatures compared to the 70s. On top of that, when you're cold, you actually become less thirsty, possibly from blood vessel constrictions in the cold, which can trick the body into thinking the blood volume is higher than it is. In other words, it's cold out there. You probably need hydration. And electrolytes are so key for all of these cellular processes in your body, all of your energy production. It all requires electrolytes, but it can be hard to find electrolytes, which are clean, without unnecessary fillers, and which you can feel good about drinking. That's why I love Element. There's a reason I'm obsessed with it. There's a reason all you guys are as well. And like I said, I'm so excited because Element's new chocolate medley is here featuring chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. And this is a limited time, so you definitely want to stock up on these now. Plus, you can get a free gift with purchase when you purchase that chocolate medley or other Element electrolytes. That's right, you can get a free sample pack, eight single serving packets for free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. You can get yours at drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast. That's drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast. By the way, those chocolates in that chocolate medley make delicious hot chocolates. And of course, as always, Element has a no questions asked refund, so you have nothing to lose. So go to drinklmnt.com slash podcast to get your free electrolytes.
One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 234 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. How are you today, Jen? I'm great. We've been running around all day and running in here to get started recording the podcast. So the weather has really changed here. Has it changed there? Like it just feels so different. It's It does feel different. It's rainy, but it's not like cold yet. No, it's not cold. I actually went swimming yesterday, even though it's cooler. We finally got the pool. The pool is 100% ready to go. So we wanted to test out. They just hooked up the pool heater 
in. So I cranked it up. I wanted to see, you know, what would happen, how long it would take. It was like the pool was 75 degrees. So it wasn't really cold to start with. Although, you know me, 75 is cold in in water. So I cranked it up to 90 to see how long it would take to get my little tiny pool at 90. And it, it did it pretty quickly. And man, it felt like heaven. So I swam and enjoyed my 90 degree pool and then turned off the pool heater and that was it. I learned this fun fact this week. Did you know, you probably did know, that you can die of hypothermia in water that is just, as long as it's just like barely below your body temperature, if you're there long enough? Well, I don't know that I would have known what the temperature was, but you know, yeah, because it takes the heat out of our bodies. I, you know, I taught elementary science for a long time. And so I always taught my kids, heat likes to share. So heat always goes from the hotter thing to the cooler thing. It it transfers. So eventually, I mean, that makes perfect sense. Eventually, you know, your your body wants to maintain, you know, 98.6 or whatever your body temperature is. And so if you're in a body of water that's cooler than yourself, heat transfers from your body into the water. And eventually, I guess your body can't keep up. It just depends. Yeah. I never thought about it before, but it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it doesn't have to be freezing water for you to get hypothermia. Yeah. Can I tell you my crazy update story? Yes. About the Whole Foods guy? I can't wait to hear it. (laughs) So, you know, you encouraged me to just, you know, put myself out there. And go looking like yourself. Yeah. Well, I did not go looking like myself, but (laughs) I went back. I think last weekend, I needed to get dressed up anyway because I was going to go out with my cousin and then she canceled on me. So then I was like, well, I need to go to Whole Foods. So I'll just go to Whole Foods. <laughs> so I um went to Whole Foods and he was there. So, so I awkwardly, again, walked around the store with no purpose trying to get up the courage to talk to him. And then it was this awkward moment where he was in a cashier lane that wasn't open, but there was a really long line at another cashier lane. So I was like, I'll just wait in this line long enough. And maybe he'll be like, oh, come to my lane. But then the self-checkout girl was like, you can just come over here. And I was like, um, (laughs) and I'm such a rules follower person (laughs) that I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So so I checked out. I had given up. I was like, this is not going to happen. So I left the store but he was outside. Oh, Jen, this is so bad. He was outside, you know, putting the carts away. I was like, I just, I just have to do this. Like, this is the time. So I saw him pushing a cart and I was like, you know, this just has to happen now or never. So I drove up to him in my car and I rolled down the window (laughs) and I said, hi. (laughs) He was like, he was like, hi. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, I have three questions for you. <laughs> he was like, oh, no, I can't wait to hear what those questions are. And he was like, okay. And then I was like, well, actually, maybe just one question. It depends on the first question. And he was like, okay. And then I was like, do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> and then he was like, yes. Oh, and you're like, okay, I just have one. That's it. And then I was like, okay. Well, that was my question. Well, I'm so proud of you for putting yourself out there. I am mortified. <laughs> he was like, thanks. <laughs> I drove away. I'm mortified. I I just, I, um, I'm not doing that again. Well, no, I don't think you should be mortified. Why would you be mortified? I just feel like that's a little bit embarrassing. 
No. That, I mean, look, I am 100% certain that we're all just screwed up inside. You know, of course, I've been married for 30 years, so take it with a grain of salt. But imagine, as awkward as it felt for you to ask that question, imagine if he did not have a girlfriend and was interested in you and might feel awkward about asking you something like that. So, you know, if everybody just goes around worrying about how awkward it feels, no one's ever going to meet anybody else. So put yourself out there. Well, I definitely did that. And you did. And you know what? No shame in that. But every time now that I go to Whole Foods, so before it was like, I hope he's there. I hope he's there. And I'm like, I hope he's not here. Nope. Nope. You own it. And you talk to him because he doesn't have a wife. (laughs) That doesn't mean that he'll be with that girlfriend forever. Maybe he, you know, maybe they'll break up in a week. Who knows? You never know. I can be his rebound. Well, exactly. You just never know. So do not have any shame in that because I would absolutely still be like, hey, how are you doing? I would talk to him with, no, of course, that's, yeah, I'm old. I'm I'm just. (laughs) Well, I never talk to him, you know, when I'm not my normal self, only when I'm dressed up. I would talk to him anytime now, just because you've already broken the ice. I feel like I need to apologize. No. Why would you apologize? For like, I don't know, just driving up to him and asking him about his relationship status? Nope. I mean, that's how people used to do it back in the day with words. (laughs) Face-to-face. That's all we had. I mean, you could put a note in my locker, but that was (laughs) the limit. (laughs) It's interesting, though, like socially, girls are not the one who are, you know, even still, like it's not normal for girls to walk up to a guy and do that. I think that might be, you know, when you get older, like me, I mean, like I said, I've been off market for 30 years, but I think the rules are changed. I think you can. I think it's okay. I did. Well, good. I just need to see him once to like, you know, it's just that first initial like, oh man, awkward. And then I'll, then I'll be good. I would just act like it's perfectly perfect. Like, hey, how are you doing? I would definitely do that. I would not be the least bit embarrassed. There's no reason to be embarrassed. Okay. I'll feel it out. Yeah. I'll probably just avoid him like the plague. I wouldn't do that. I think that men like confident women who are not afraid to put themselves out there. And I think that has to be attractive. Well, it's funny. I I posted a story about it on Instagram and probably 30 people have messaged me saying that like, oh, that's so confident. And I'm like, friends, I am not confident. Like (laughs) this was not confidence. Fake it till you make it. That was confidence, but you you did it though. That you were confident enough to do it. So rewrite that that message you're telling yourself. You are confident. Okay, pep talk for all the ladies out there. Confidence. My three questions were going to be: one, do you have a girlfriend? And he was supposed to say no. <laughs> and then I was going to say, are you straight? And he was supposed to say yes. And then I was going to say, do you want to get drinks? That was that was the plan, but. It did not manifest as such. I mean, he could be crazy, so maybe you just lucked out. This is true. This is true. So so that's my story. Well, thank you for that update. I know everyone is happy. And so now, though, again, next time you're in there, you need to be confident. And even if you're just dressed normal and not fancy, just be like, hey, how are you doing? And smile and walk on and you got nothing to worry about. Okay. I'll just hear Jen in my head. Smile. And walk. Exactly. Because, I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? Nothing. No guy is thinking, darn it, why did that attractive woman ask me if I had a girlfriend? No no man is thinking that. 
the very worst, you made him feel good about himself. True. Yeah. You should ask more men that question, in fact. <laughs> I'm just going to like start walking up to all the men. <laughs> Hello, do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> I'm very rarely attracted to people in general. Like, in, I don't know. I, I know what you mean. I, I get that. And it's completely random. Like, I can't like put a, I, I don't know why I am, but I just am, was. So yes. Anything could still happen. This is true. Hi friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous and they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. All right. <laughs> Shall we jump into everything for today? Yes. So we have a question from Liv, and the subject is one to two hour window, constipation, when everything balances out, question mark. 
She says, hi, Melanie and Jen. I adore your podcast and love to skip around depending on the day and what I need regarding tips, IF education, and motivation. I'm a 30-year-old female, and I've been athletic and health food-based my entire life. Growing up on a fruit orchard with health-conscious parents was very helpful in my building blocks for plant-based and whole food eating. I worked in a health food store through high school and college and have always been drawn to naturopathic and holistic medicine. That said, I avoid junk, processed foods, and excess of dairy or meat, etc. However, like most people, I keep a balance and do eat desserts every now and then, and I drink wine regularly. I used to kill myself at the gym to knock out my stubborn 10 pounds of extra fat that seems to be so cozy around my midsection and hips. I could run five to seven miles a day, and nothing was as successful for me as IF. I have been on and off this way of life for five years and never stuck to it for maintenance as I should have. I am now back on two weeks eating a one to two hour window and feeling amazing. Weight is falling off again and I'm sticking to my tennis game and more leisurely physical fitness. Huge plus in this heat in Ohio. My question is one I have not heard discussed too much on your podcast or maybe I'm missing the episode. Pooping. Can I just say, Melanie, she just must not be in the Facebook groups. You know, of course, I'm not on Facebook anymore, but I'm still in the moderator chat. I can just tell you, Liv, pooping is a frequent topic of discussion, and the moderators joke about who gets to answer it. From constipation to diarrhea, (laughs) it comes up, and people are not afraid to ask (laughs) anything about pooping. So back to Liv's question. Do you hear it in your group? I do. For some reason, I feel like maybe not quite as much, but there's a lot of bowel discussion for sure. Yeah. The Ask a Moderator is full full of poop talk. And some people run away from those questions. They're like, no, no. And then they'll tag another moderator to try to get them to answer it. So on to Liv's question. She says, yes, can we all admit we poop? and discuss IF and pooping issues. I am someone who likes to poop every day, and when I don't, I get irritable. Does my window reflect too small of an eating window to produce a daily bowel movement? Is constipation a temporary thing? As women, I feel we're more subject to this physiologically. I'm not sure that's true for women. Maybe. I think so. I know we have a lot of water balance issues that can affect things you know, and in our bowels as well. But men have the issue too. IBS is associated with women more. Is it? Or do women just be more likely to mention it? That That is possible. That is very possible. I feel like Chad could be having whatever in the world's going on and he's not going to tell me. Of course, other men are different, but who knows? All right. So she says, how long does it take to regulate? Can you please describe your experiences and or share your research on this topic? Liv, I'm a great pooper. (laughs) (laughs) The more vegetables I eat, the better it is. All right. The more I eat, the worse it is. Really? Yeah. The more I eat, the better it is. When I was eating according to the Zoe protocol, it was like even the best ever. All right. So she says, I think ketosis and fasting can really change things for people here. And I feel it's valuable to discuss in order for me to feel a little more normal. Also, I've read that most people are carrying around a minimum of 10 pounds of bile. Now she said bile, but I wonder if she meant bile. She probably meant like just waste products. 
in our like fecal matter. Yeah. So she says, yeah, yuck. I have to guess that I have helps with this because sometimes, and sorry, this is nasty. Sometimes what comes out in these first few weeks back to fasting feels like that type of stored sludge, for a lack of a better term, backing me up. No shame in the pooping game. Love you both. Liv. Thank you, Liv, for your question. This is perfect timing. I had a colonoscopy a few days ago. And it was really exciting. Wait, have you had one, Jen? No, not yet. Yeah, I've had three. It was like a clean bill. What was interesting was she said, I have a twisty colon. Have you heard of that? Well, no. So I haven't hardcore gone down the rabbit research hole on it because I sort of don't want to because I don't want to... I briefly Googled it and it said that it can relate to things like constipation and stuff like that. So I was like, oh... That might explain a lot. Well, you know, I mean, it sounds like it totally could explain a lot because if your physiology is just a little bit off, then things can't flow through like they're supposed to. That that could really make a lot of sense. And then maybe that could cause backing up into your small intestines and some issues like you've had there with, with SIBO. I don't know. I mean, speaking to that, one of the things I really noticed because... Liv, I can identify with you. Although she said she's just been back to her intermittent fasting for two weeks. So um, it could be something that does regulate because when some people make big changes in their eating windows, you know, sometimes it does take a little bit to regulate. And I think something that it might depend on is historically, have you had issues with constipation or IBS or is it just when you do the fasting? If you've had issues before, then it quite possibly will be an ongoing thing. I as well identify with you. I get <laughs> I get very irritable if things aren't flowing. So I do all that I can to make sure things are flowing. Oh, you know what else is really interesting? I came out of the anesthesia and the doctor who she was really nice and really amazing, but she was going over my results. She was asking me about my bowel habits and I said that I take a lot of magnesium to keep things flowing because that works really well for me. And she was like, oh, well, you should definitely just take Miralax. And I was like, but the magnesium works. <laughs> and she was like, no, like you should really just take Miralax. And then she left. And that sounds like really bad advice. I know. She left and I was like talking to my mom and I was like, why was she so insistent I take Miralax? And we were just talking about how, you know, with conventional doctors, it's like they're trained to just you know, prescribe the conventional pharmaceutical route to things. So needless to say, I will not be switching to Miralax. Liv, if your constipation ends up being something that is ongoing, like I said, magnesium works really, really well for me. And it's an essential nutrient. Exactly. It's like win-win situation. And that was actually something that I was really happy about with the colonoscopy because basically with my own personal, man, this is just the personal Melanie episode. <laughs> I'll tell you what, <laughs> do you ever have gas? I mean, <laughs> what about belching? Oh my gosh. Actually, I actually don't. <laughs> so anyways, I find that I can really keep things flowing really well with magnesium, but I have been a little bit, I, I've been a little bit concerned about it because I feel like, you know, I'm causing myself to have the bowel movements. And, and I was wondering if it was, you know, if it's okay to be doing high dose magnesium to keep things flowing and all of that, but the colonoscopy was like perfectly fine. So that was really reassuring. 
And it's not just me with the magnesium. A lot of people report this. So many people in my Facebook group, IF Biohackers, report that when they started taking magnesium, especially magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers, and I did not plan this, (laughs) Um, but that that actually really helps their bowel movements. And we do have a discount code for them. So if you go to magbreakthrough.com slash IF podcast 10, that will get you 10% off any of their products, but in particular, their magnesium breakthrough is what they are promoting with that link. So a lot of people have reported that that really, really helps. So I take that. I also have found that a low FODMAP diet, and that's just personal to me, but basically finding the foods that work for you. And it's very individual, which we already discussed because like Jen, for example, when she eats a lot of vegetables, she has great bowel movements. They're perfect. (laughs) If I eat a lot of vegetables, no, not good bowel movements. Um, And it'll just kind of stop everything. So I really do a low FODMAP approach. So you can actually get my app Food Sense Guide and it has over 300 foods and it tells if they are low, medium, or high FODMAP. And it also includes a lot of other compounds that you might be reacting to like histamine and gluten and oxalates and sulfites and thiols and nightshades and AIP. So that might be a helpful resource if you want to try playing with the foods that you're eating. So that is at melanieavalon.com slash food sense guide. Also, I found that eating, oh, this is something else that the doctor said. So I find that if I use HCL and digestive enzymes, that those really, really help digest my food and stop me from getting blockages or constipated. It helps so much, so, so much. And I told the doctor when I came out of the colonoscopy that I was taking those she said, quote, you shouldn't take those. There's no like scientific support behind that. And I was, it was just, it was frustrating. I was like, it helps me so much and it's completely natural. So I don't, I don't know. It was a little bit frustrating. By optimizers, they do make HCL supplements and digestive enzymes. So you might want to try that. And then like you mentioned, psychologically, or she said physiologically, but psychologically, I think it plays a role as well. I really, really think it's about finding the the foods and the pattern that can work for you and using the support where you need it to really get things flowing. I mean, it might, like I said, it's only been two weeks, so it, it might regulate. But if it doesn't, there's a lot of things that you can try for sure. So Jen, do you have thoughts? Yeah. And just, you know, as I said at the beginning, we have a lot of questions about constipation to diarrhea and everything in between. When people start off, there seems to be an adjustment period for a lot of people. I didn't have it. I did not have that adjustment period either way. Like some people have, you know, the dumping kind of a syndrome thing where they, as soon as they open their window, they're running to the bathroom. It just gets their digestion started and they're pooping, you know, right away. Other people, you know, they're putting less food in, so less food's coming out. So, you know, they they can be constipated. I don't know if for me, I just am lucky. I've never really had these problems, but I also was already taking magnesium before I started intermittent fasting. It was because I was, you know, I did that that whole summer of keto before I switched over to intermittent fasting and I had a lot of trouble sleeping while I was doing keto. And in the keto community, they're like, oh, trouble sleeping take magnesium because it helps our bodies relax. And so I was already taking magnesium and I've taken magnesium ever since. I mean, I am not a a supplement person 
People know this about me. I don't take a million things. I take very few things. And magnesium is the thing I have been taking since 2014 without stopping. It helps me to sleep. And also, you know, I wake up in the morning and I take take my magnesium at bedtime, just whatever the dosage is on the capsule of whatever, I mean, on the bottle of whatever I've been taking right now, it is magnesium breakthrough, but, you know, it's been other things in the past. Whatever the recommended dosage is, I take that at bedtime, go to bed go to sleep, wake up in the morning, have my coffee, go to the bathroom. I mean, it's like clockwork for me. In fact, did I ever tell the story, Melanie, about how Chad wanted to go fishing really early when we first got his little boat? We haven't been in a long time, but he would want to go like really early in the morning when it, and we would have to get up and I'm like, I can't be out on the boat until I've gone to the bathroom. (laughs) Because, you know, that doesn't sound very fun to me. I'm just so very regular. And and then that's it. And, you know, if, if I have a big eating window, I might go more than once during the day, even, you know, not just that once in the morning. So I don't know if the magnesium has helped me, you know, maybe if I wasn't taking magnesium when I started doing intermittent fasting, maybe I would have had one of those problems, you know, but, but because I go to the bathroom in the fasted state, I think when I open my window, I don't have anything for my body to dump out. So... I don't know if that's been the secret to my success, and I didn't even know it, but I have an exciting update to what I just said. I hadn't looked at the full offer right now for buy optimizers, so it's not just 10% off. Actually, at that link right now, this is so exciting. So if you go to magbreakthrough.com slash ifpodcast10 and use the code ifpodcast10, so you will save 10% when you try Magnesium Breakthrough, but then on top of that, you will get a free bottle of P3OM. Oh yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah. A free bottle of P3OM, which is their best-selling probiotic, which also that could possibly really help. I love that probiotic and masszymes, which are the enzymes I was just talking about. That's so perfect. Okay. So (laughs) over $50 worth of free supplements, one of which I just recommended for you and the other I would have recommended if I had remembered it. So, um, (laughs) magbreakthrough.com slash ifpodcast10, 10% off discount, plus the chance to get a free P3OM and masszymes. The reason they founded their company was to help fix people's digestions. And their own. I mean, they they founded it for because they got interested in it because they needed it for themselves. Like you and the serapeptase. I mean, that's just the thing. And so that's why I trust them. And I, you know, I've said before, I'm I'm weird about who I trust when it comes to supplements, but I trust by optimizers. They actually sponsor intermittent fasting stories as well. And I say no to lots of companies, mostly supplement companies all the time. And I say no, 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 but I said yes to buy optimizers. I have been going down the rabbit hole this week with the supplement companies creating the serapeptase because like there are so many serapeptases on the market and a lot of them say on the bottle that they're free of fillers. But I've been working with the guy I'm creating the supplement with. And he's like, I don't know if we can make it without a filler. And I'm like, well, what about all these other ones that are making it without fillers? So we've been going through and like looking at them and finding out what's really going on. And they do tricky things with the labels. Oh, yeah. Well, hello. Welcome to. Yeah. Yeah. So they make it seem like it's without fillers, but it really is. Lies. A lot of them are said to be enteric coated serapeptase free of fillers. So basically they say that the serapeptase itself is enteric coated. That coating is like a filler (laughs) and it's not something you want to be putting in your body. We've been doing a lot of lab testing and trying to figure out 
you know, can we make it with no fillers? If it has to be a filler, like what is that going to be? It might be something like benign, like cellulose, but oh, even like a lot of the bottles will, they'll make it seem like it's like calcium, but it's really like, it's basically like the equivalent of a magnesium stearate. So it's not really calcium. It's like this filler material. I've been learning so much. And now I'm just like, A, I need to make this air taste so I can make one that I feel comfortable about. B, I just want to make my own versions of everything that I'm taking because then I will know. <laughs> so yeah, for listeners, if you'd like to get on the pre-order list for that, that's at melanieavalon.com slash serapeptase, S-E-R-R-A-P-E-P-T-A-S-E. I'm excited. So much of the supplement industry is not trustworthy. It's so sketchy. It really is sketchy. I mean, it's so sketchy. I am super, super, you know, especially when I was doing my research for Cleanish, and it's in it's in the book. I talk about, you know, what they found when they've actually looked in certain supplements and found what's in there, and it's like prescription medications that are off banned from the market, but they're putting it in this supplement and claiming it's one thing when it's really Viagra or in there or something. And and people are just taking it. And, you know, you have to be careful with drug interactions. And if you don't even know you're taking a drug because it's illegally in a supplement that's supposed to be ginkgo biloba, for example, and instead it's something else, you don't even know. Is that like the type of stuff they would like put the Viagra in? I don't have it off the top of my head. Ginkgo biloba, I think, is one that I talk about in Cleanish, but it's been in all sorts of supplements. Like maybe it's a weight loss supplement and they claim that it's one thing, but really it's, you know, a prescription diet pill that's been pulled from the market because it's got concerns, but instead they're putting it in this, you know, supplement and claiming it's one thing, but it's really this other thing. The research, I was reading a study on looking at melatonin supplements. It was shocking because the episode that's airing this week is actually with Dr. John Laurence about melatonin, but what it says melatonin wise and then what it actually is, is like this huge range. So just because there's no regulation on it, like if these were pharmaceuticals, they would be like very tightly regulated. I think it was Tim Spector. I had not thought about this before. It's a slight tangent, but sort of related. He was pointing out the fact that if artificial sweeteners tasted bitter, not sweet, they probably would have been regulated like a drug rather than artificial sweeteners. Isn't that interesting? What would their purpose have been? I'm paraphrasing, but basically just the concept that if they presented differently as bitter. They wouldn't have been like, oh, here's a food additive. Yeah. Yeah. They would have been like more like a supplement or like a drug or something, not like artificial sweeteners that we just liberally throw on our food. I thought that was really interesting. Like we didn't even think about what it might be doing. We were just like, oh, this is sweet. Let's try this. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So I'm I'm very, very skeptical about, about supplements. And that's why, you know, buy optimizers. I trust them because they've made it for themselves. Yes. So yeah, so hopefully that helps live. Feel free to email us back or join us in one of the Facebook groups and share your story. We hope that things start flowing for you. Literally. Literally. <laughs> okay, so we have a question from Kathy. The subject is clean fast. Kathy says, I'm on day 41 of 23-1, and I'm amazed that I've made it this far. I'm down 14 pounds, but I'm definitely not losing fast. I have at least 80 pounds to lose. Oh, can I can I say something there about that? She's lost 0.34 pounds a day. 
So that is like amazingly fast. So down 14 pounds in 41 days is like astronomically fast. You should not expect it to be that fast. And so everybody needs to immediately change their expectations if you think that losing 0.34 pounds a day is not fast. That is a really good point. It's so interesting. I feel like people write into us a lot and have this same general idea. You know, like they say how much they're losing, that it's not fast. People all the time do that. You're right. Like one of the things that people will say in the IF community and the Delay Don't Deny, you know, the the main group, the groups that I used to run and the social network, they'll call themselves a turtle. You know, that's just a cute little name for someone who loses slowly. Then they'll talk about how much they're losing and they're losing about a pound a week. That is not turtle. That is average. That is normal. So we've got these expectations that we're supposed to lose a lot of weight really fast or we're turtles, but a pound a week is not a turtle. It is not slow. If you're losing a half a pound a week, okay, that's more like a turtle. Anyway, I just had to throw that in there. Yes. So reframe, reframe listeners. So back to Kathy's question. She says, I have at least 80 pounds to lose. You know, that's probably what it is. It's probably, she's just seeing all that she still has. And so it's like not seeing the forest for the trees. Is that the phrase? Exactly. Yes. Yes. Because it feels like so much. And then you go to the checkout counter and you see those magazines at the checkout counter that say, lose a hundred pounds by Thanksgiving. And I mean, they say stuff like that, crazy stuff like that. And then you're like, well, I should be losing a hundred pounds by Thanksgiving, but you're not going to, not a fat anyway. So she says, at the beginning, I was drinking chai tea and my friend said it may not make my fast clean. I have since eliminated the tea, but would black chai tea wreck my efforts? I'm working my way through your podcast. I'm on 33 now. So many to listen to, so little time. Yep. There are a lot to listen to. (laughs) Chai tea, black chai tea. That would be a no for the fast, Kathy, and I'm sorry about that because the only things that are yes during the fast are plain water, black coffee, plain tea. If you add in anything with other flavors, your body's going to start to perceive that as a food-like flavor. Chai tea is delicious. It's got all those, you know, those spices in there. It's comforting. It's so good. I used to put cinnamon in my coffee for years because it's so good but that's not part of a clean fast. So delay the chai tea for your eating window. If you think of something and your thought is, wow, that's delicious, it's probably not a good part of the clean fast. So I also want to say, Kathy, you're doing 23-1. I would like to encourage you to consider switching it up a little bit. Personally, I don't recommend 23-1 for most people, as a long-term approach. And that is because our bodies do adapt to anything that's too consistent from day to day. And in a one-hour eating window, it's difficult for your approach to not end up being overly restrictive over time. So even though fasting is protective of our metabolic rates in so many ways, if you over-restrict long-term, even with fasting, eventually you're going to see that your body your body may plateau before you wanted it to. And so I would really think about switching up what you're doing. I have this explained a lot more in a lot more detail with the science behind it in Fast Feast Repeat. I talk about it in the introduction and also in the alternate daily fasting chapter. So bear that in mind. I mean, you've done great. You've lost a lot of weight in a very short time. 
And so if you see that you're plateauing and, you know, also in fast feast repeat, I encourage you to weigh daily and then track your how your average is doing, what your trend is doing, either through an app or through weekly averaging. If you notice that your trend plateaus, you're no longer going down on your weekly average or your overall trend, that's when you know that your body probably wants you to switch things up. Awesome. I knew that this was a gen question. It totally was a gen question. <laughs> Hi, friends. Now, I know most of you are familiar with the power of protein to help us to recompose our bodies, get fitter and leaner by losing body fat and protecting and gaining muscle or lean body mass. Now, protein supplementation is one of the best ways to do it. It is scientifically validated to help us produce high quality weight loss. Now, when it comes to weight loss, traditionally, a lot of people will do high carb, low calorie diets, and those have been shown to generate upwards of 40% lean body mass loss. Now, protecting your lean body mass and your muscle is crucial when you are wanting to lose some fat because during weight loss, you don't want the weight lost to be coming from your muscle. The more muscle you're able to retain, the more you're retaining metabolically active tissue, which is going to keep your metabolic rate much higher and help you maintain the fat loss after you have achieved it. Now, one of the best ways, as I said, to do this is through using protein shakes. I've been on the lookout for years to find a high quality protein supplement that does not have fillers, dyes, artificial sweeteners, and using cheap protein concentrate, which can cause all kinds of issues like bloating and indigestion. I finally created a protein supplement that meets my standards, and it's something that I personally use every single day, and that is Tone Protein. Tone Protein not only is extremely clean and high quality with only whey protein isolate, no concentrates, no fillers, it is also scientifically formulated to optimize muscle protein synthesis, which is going to help you build lean body mass and muscle in the most efficient way possible. I am so incredibly excited about Tone Protein. Not only is it extremely high quality and optimized to help you recompose your body. It is also absolutely delicious. We've been having so much fun with all the different flavors that we are creating, and I just can't wait for you all to try it. Now, I wanted to create a special launch discount for all of you listeners so that you could check it out, try it out, see how you like it, and test it out for yourself. In order to receive that launch discount, you can head over to toneprotein.com and sign up with your name and email address and you'll receive an email to double opt in to the list and you'll be the first to know when Tone Protein is available to order and you will also receive that exclusive launch discount. It is going to be the biggest discount that we ever offer on Tone Protein. So I really want all of you to be able to receive it. So be sure to go to toneprotein.com, sign up with your name and email and you'll be double opted in to that list. And I am so excited for you all to try it out. Let me know what you think of it and let it help you to optimize your body recomposition goals, get that fat loss and maintain and protect your lean body mass while doing it. Shall we go on to our next question? Yes. And this is from Christy. Christy says, hi, Jen and Melanie. 
Love the podcast and especially the two of you. You balance each other really well, and I love the story of how you met. I've learned so much from you two, and I thank you for guiding me down this IF lifestyle, which I absolutely love. I recently went on vacation to Hawaii for a couple of weeks and had very long windows with my family. I couldn't wait to get back to my one meal a day life. This just feels so natural to me. So thank you for introducing me to it and teaching me. Now to my question. I was drinking my coffee, listening to the podcast the other day, and Jen was saying not to drink coffee before a fasting insulin test because it prompts your liver to dump glycogen and can mess with the results. That got me thinking. Is there an optimal time in the fast, like a minimum number of hours before or after you close your window when you should have coffee? I typically fast at least 20 hours, but I have my coffee at around the 12th hour. Would it be better if I pushed it a little longer? Does that matter? Thank you in advance, Christy. All right. So I'm actually, interestingly, going to answer your question from a slightly different perspective. I know you're asking about it for liver glycogen dumping. I don't really know that that would be the thing to focus on with the coffee. So I actually am interviewing Dr. Michael Bruce this week who wrote The Power of When about the different chronotypes. And he has a new book coming out called Energize, which is about the sleep chronotypes paired with actually body types. He actually talks a lot about drinking coffee and caffeine from a circadian rhythm perspective based on your personal chronotype. So I thought I would share that information because I thought it was really interesting. So There are basically four chronotypes and you can figure out which one you are by, he has a quiz on his website. We can put a link to it in the show notes or you can read his book or you can try to figure it out from what I say. But basically there are dolphins, which is me. Those are resident insomniacs. They stay up late and have trouble sleeping and all of those things. There are lions like Jen who get up early and fall asleep early There are bears, which are the majority of the population. So that's what social norms are basically based around. I think around 50% of people are bears. And then there are wolves that naturally wake up late, naturally stay up late. They often think that they're insomniacs like dolphins, but it's probably just because their natural rhythm doesn't align with society's natural rhythm. So they think it's insomnia, but really it's just their natural rhythm compared to dolphins where it literally is insomnia. So in any case, his thoughts on caffeine and coffee. So he actually thinks that you should not have coffee right when you wake up because you naturally have a cortisol spike anyways right then. So in a way, there's not really a point to it and it's not doing what you want it to be doing, which is giving you energy when you are naturally at a lull. So he believes that you should have coffee or caffeine about two hours after waking up. And then by the individual chronotypes, dolphins, the insomniacs, he thinks that you should have your coffee or caffeine only six ounces, no more, not right upon waking, but well, he doesn't really talk about fasting, but he says with a meal before 3 p.m., never after 3 p.m., the ideal window is between one to two. So lions like Jen, I'm curious if this would match up with you, Jen. He thinks they should have caffeine between 8 to 11 in the morning. And then if they need it for an afternoon pick-me-up between 2 and 4. Bears between 9.30 and 11.30 or for pick-me-up between 1.30 and 3.30. And wolves only between 12 and 2 and nothing after 2. 
definitely not six hours before bed. So that's just his thoughts looking at the different chronotypes. If one of those chronotypes really resonates with you and those hours sort of resonate with you, that could be something that you could try out. But as far as like an optimal time, so she was talking about a minimum hours before after you close your window. I wouldn't do it based on your window. I would do it based on your sleep. So, you know, definitely not six hours before bed. That's how I would play with that. What are your thoughts, Jen? Well, this is just like what I say for everything, really. The best time to have coffee is just like the best time to exercise (laughs) and the best time to have your eating window. It's when it feels right to you. You know, I wake up in the morning. I'm not drinking coffee. When you were talking about that, like drinking it for a pick-me-up kind of a thing, I I was like, well, is that why I'm drinking it? No, I don't need a morning pick-me-up. I drink it because I like it. And I don't need an afternoon pick-me-up, you know, and I don't need a morning pick-me-up. And I'm not, you know, I could drink one cup and I could drink five cups and I don't feel different. I'm a fast caffeine metabolizer also. So I don't know if that's a factor there. But, you know, I probably, just like you, Christy, I'm probably around the 12th hour of my fast when I'm having black coffee too. And so, I mean, I just have it. No big deal. It hasn't affected me negatively that I know of, even even though I had black coffee before I went and had my fasted blood work because I didn't think about it. My insulin levels were still low. They were still below five. And I would like to have that done again without having coffee just to see. So it's not it's not affecting my insulin levels to the point that they're high. And it's just the time that feels right to me. And I'm a fast caffeine metabolizer, and that's when I want to have my coffee. I don't drink it all afternoon just because, you know, I do think it could interfere with my sleep if I had it late. I don't need an afternoon pick-me-up because I'm deep in the fasted state by then. Now, I will say I used to need an afternoon pick-me-up before I was a faster. I always had afternoon coffee, and I don't feel like it affected my sleep then. But drink your coffee when you want to drink your coffee, Christy. Yeah, I would focus more on its relationship to your sleep than all of this. Yeah. If you feel like it's giving you negative effects, tweak when you're having it or if you're having it. Like we just had a conversation in the social network the other day. I think it was in the 28-Day Fast Start group. Someone was asking about coffee and she feels like it breaks her fast. And she's like, what do I do? I'm like, well, then just experiment without it. That's really the only thing you can do. We're all so different. That you just have to, if you feel like it's causing you a problem, you've got to be your own study of one. Yes, exactly. All right. So we have a question from Melody. The subject is crossroad on my IF journey. And Melody says, okay, guys, I am at a huge crossroads in my IF journey and I need some advice. I have been IFing for the last six months and I absolutely 100% know this is my forever lifestyle. I love the feeling. I am finally losing weight. I have more energy and it is just so easy. I am down to one meal a day and that is working great for me most days. The only problem is mommy guilt. Right now, my one meal a day has to be around two to three o'clock. I have tried to push it further because I feel like I need to eat with my family, but that is the time my body says it's time to eat. I've tried eating just a snack to tide me over until dinner, which is usually around six, but it's hopeless. I just end up eating a meal full of snacks, and then out of guilt, I eat a little dinner with my family, even though I'm not hungry. Another problem is that IF has changed my cravings in a good way. I want more fresh fruits and veggies, lean meats like fish and chicken. I want to try Buddha bowls and just eat more healthy all around. 
I am even for the first time in my life, not really wanting pasta all the time. This, by the way, is all the stuff my hubby and 13-year-old son hate. They just want to grill some meat, have some sort of starchy side, and maybe, if forced, a veggie. I just don't want that anymore. I want real flavors. I'm seriously considering giving up eating with my family to enjoy the foods I want and to put my health first, but it makes me feel like a bad mom and wife. I feel so selfish even thinking about this. All right, Melody, you're going to get some gin tough love here. You are absolutely not selfish to take care of yourself and your needs. You know, Sherry and I in the Life Lessons podcast had an episode called Self-Care Isn't Selfish. Like when you're on an airplane and you're traveling with someone, like maybe a child, and there's a problem and the oxygen masks come down, what do they tell you to do? Put the oxygen mask on yourself first and then help the people around you. So I want you to think of it this way. You know, if you can't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to be a good wife and mom. And they don't care what you're eating. They care that you're with them. So what I would do is I would just sit with them while they eat and visit with them. They care about you, not your plate. And so, I mean, if now if they do say to you, anything like, you know, trying to be negative about the fact that you're not eating, that's when you need to just really advocate for yourself and say, no, I'm here because I want to be with you. I ate earlier and just, you know, stick, you know, be confident about that. You know, don't feel like you have to eat the food that they're eating or eat at the same time that they're eating. That's really all I have to say about that. (laughs) I have two thoughts. So for the first one about the timing and being hungry earlier versus later, I wonder if she's actually tried and stuck it out having that later window without trying to make it easier with a snack. She said she couldn't. Yeah, she said she's tried to push it further because she said that, because I feel like I need to eat with my family, but that is the time my body says it's time to eat. Yeah. You just wonder if she's really given it time. Because she says she's tried eating just a snack to tide her over. Hormones related to when we get hungry adapt based on what we're doing. So I just wonder if maybe she thought it was hard and and maybe tried it a day or two and then tried with a snack to make it easier, but really the snack would not allow that hormonal reprogramming to happen. So one thing you could try if you haven't tried it is, you know, like a week of eating with your family. So pushing it back just those few extra hours without a snack to try to tide you over and just see if that happens and just see what you learn. It it may be that, yeah, you still get hungry earlier, or it may be that, you know, you actually can change your eating window, which would address that eating window question, just like from a time perspective. From the perspective about eating, I love, love, love what Jen said, 100% that you are not obligated to change your own personal health decisions and what you're doing for other people. I think there's a lot of brainstorming you could do because I'm assuming that you are the one making the meals for the family. I think there's a lot of brainstorming you could do about making an inclusive meal. So you like lean meats like fish and chicken and they like grilling meat. You could have lean meat that is grilled that both of you guys could have. Starchy sides... And maybe a forced a veggie. Like, is there the option A to maybe do a starchy side that you like as well that's a veggie? I don't know what type of veggies you do, but you know, like sweet potatoes or something like that. Or could you do two sides and have like a starchy side for them and then a veggie that they might pick at 
but you would eat the large portion of. So like, can you make these meals? That's kind of like a mix and match approach where everybody can find something that they like. I think that that could be a possibility, but yeah, but ultimately like you are not being selfish. You're not being a bad mom and wife. If anything, this is just my opinion, but if anything, I think creating delicious, healthy meals that are possibly potentially going to be more health supporting in their composition. If anything, I think that is, I mean, I think it would be super selfless and amazing to try to create meals that are potentially more health promoting than what you've been creating and put in the time and effort to find a way to make them really delicious. I mean, that shows, that shows like dedication and love, you know, that you um want to provide your family with the most healthy food and most nourishing food. And you want to do it in a way that they really enjoy. I think that you could change this whole thing from a selfish perspective to a labor of love that makes everybody happy. Yeah. So many options, but definitely don't feel guilty. Never feel guilty for taking care of your needs when it comes to feeding your body nutritious food that makes you feel great. You should feel guilty if you're forcing yourself to eat food you don't want at a time you don't want to eat it. That's where the guilt should be. <laughs> like, why am I not letting myself do what I want to do? Anyway, 100%. All right. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. So a few things for listeners before we go. If you would like to submit your own questions to the show, you can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. You can follow us on Instagram. We are ifpodcast. I am Melanie Avalon. Jen is Jen Stevens. If you'd been following me, you would have heard my story about the Whole Foods guy. And yeah, I think that is all of the things. Anything from you, Jen, before we go? Nope. I think that's it. All right. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful and I will talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember that everything discussed on the show is not medical advice. We're not doctors. You can also check out our other podcasts, Intermittent Fasting Stories, and the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.